Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are your IFIOC team of the MI guys. We have Tammy Calais. Hi. And Casey Jackson, our director. Hello. And myself, John Gilbert, here to be of service to you to help the individuals you're serving, the communities, and the organizations you're serving uh, with an evidence-based approach, with motivational interviewing in particular, is how we approach it. So to help with that today, we have uh, another topic to address for a shorter podcast. So Tammy, if you would, kind of kick us off. Yeah, this was a question from one of our gold membership members. Um, we have a monthly webcast with Casey where people can ask questions. And um, this was such a good one that we were like, we've got to do a podcast on it. So the question is, um, how can you do performance evaluations in an MI adherent way? That's a, it's a great question. Um, it, it, again, you know, the way I always like to answer questions is to start with the basic structure of MI, not just dive in. And the basic structure is motivational learning. We're trying to help any individual get their behavior in line with what their values and their goals are. So from a performance evaluation perspective, one of the reasons why we even, when I came up with the, named our company, the Institute for Individual and Organizational Change, is really looking at this, how do we help people we work with within an organization or an agency get their behavior in line with the vision, mission, and values of the organization. So if you start with that construct, it only makes sense that part of your, your performance evaluation should have some aspect of that in the performance evaluation. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm trying to run a values-based organization and I'm doing performance evaluations, I want to be able to assess, is my workforce lining up with my vision, mission, and values uh, for the organization? So in some ways, it lends itself pretty nicely to a performance evaluation process. I've been lucky enough to work on performance evaluations with some organizations um, and help modify them to make them more MI adherent. And it almost seems, for me, it almost seems too simple. And maybe it's just because I'm so immersed in motivational interviewing, it just seems like second nature or common sense. But a performance-based evaluation, the first thing I'd wanna do, especially even if there's issues, because a lot of times with performance evaluations where supervisors or supervisees get tentative is if there's difficult things that need to be talked about. Mm -hmm. If it comes from a place of compliance, you can predict it's going to generate more potential resistance or pushback. Makes sense. If you take an MI approach, so if I'm doing a performance evaluation with John, and what I would start with from an MI perspective is, you know, John, what brought you to IFIOC in the first place? What, when, when you were looking at the organization, when you thought about applying for a job, you know, what were you hoping to get out of it? And what did you feel like you were going to be able to contribute to the organization? What were those first thoughts, that naive, you know, I, I want to work there, this is going to be awesome. What was that about for you? And then what I'm going to listen to, like we know in motivational, I'm going to list for what are his deeper values and goals. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be ones that really line up with IFIOC or with the organization. And there may be ones that are just personal, personal development growth goals and values that John has. Mm -hmm. Either way, I know as an executive leader, if John's behavior lines up with his professional goals, it's gonna be value added for my organization. If his behaviors line up even more with the organization's values and goals, it's gonna advance the goals of the organization even that much more. Mm -hmm. When it comes into the performance evaluation side of it, where areas he may not be as 
you know, on top of the game, like the optimal where he could be. And I see that from a management perspective. What I can say is I can elicit from John. So I talk about his values. And he's like, oh, this is what I loved about IFIOC. This is why I want to work for IFIOC. I'm going to reinforce the values and goals he has, how it lines up with the vision, mission, values of the organization. And then I can say things like, so when you look over this past year, John, what are areas where you feel like I have knocked it out of the park? Like I look back and I think I've handled these situations and I feel so good about what I've, how I've evolved professionally. And I feel so good at what I've been able to contribute to the people we serve and IFIOC. What are some of those areas that you just feel like I'm on top of my game? Like I just really knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen to that. It's a great evocative open question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reinforce his values and his goals and his behaviors. And then I can say, so now that we've talked about that for the last 10, 15 minutes, what are areas when you look back that you just think, that is not me at my best? I, I, I knew when I was catching a plane on the way home, I knew at the end of a training, I knew when I woke up in the morning, that when you woke up, you just thought, or you saw an evaluation, you just thought, that's not me. That, that is not me at 110% that I tend to want to perform at. What are some of those areas that you notice for yourself that you kind of that left an impression on your brain? Tell me about some of those. So then I get to learn what he sees from that. Then I get to say, if you were going to do that different, if that happened again tomorrow, what would you do differently that would line up with the level of integrity that you tend to operate from? And this is literally how you can build a performance improvement plan mm-hmm. with an individual that's driven by their values and goals. I know what, if anybody that's listening to this has to do performance evaluations, the question that is going to come up is, well, what about the stuff John doesn't talk about that he needs to improve? Okay, I was going to bring this, you didn't like <laughs> yeah. or yeah, things I don't see that I'm, I'm pre-contemplation right now, but I don't right. see. And the thing to think about is if John and I have had this conversation, let's say it's a, an hour performance evaluation review that he and I are sitting down talking about this. And we've talked about these things that I've just explained for the last 40 minutes of the hour or 30 minutes. What are his values? What brought him to IFOC? What has he been performing well with? So we're in that zone. When you look through an MI lens, there's probably really good engagement. He's feeling heard and understood. He's feeling really focused. There's not going to be a whole lot of pushback in any of that, right? So I haven't generated any resistance. So he's in deep contemplations and preparation. He's in action on a lot of different things, different target behaviors. Then what I can also say is, so John, if, what do you think, like one of the things that has come up on your evaluations before is this thing about X, about there's been more than a handful of times that you arrived a few minutes late and people were wondering if you're going to show up for the training. Um, what are, what's your take on that? Um, and there's a potential there is a potential it will generate resistance talk or sustained talk. There's just a high potential for that. As somebody that uses motivational learning, we can predict that it's probable that if his behavior is not in line with his values, he might blame outside of himself or make an excuse. It's not that he's insubordinate. It's not that he doesn't have insight. It's that if I hear that language, what's actually reinforcing for me as a manager who's obsessed with MI, is that there's part of his brain that knows his behavior is not in line with what his values and goals are, or he wouldn't defend it. So instead of going, oh my gosh, now I have to listen to him give me excuses, what I go is, yeah, what's frustrating for you about that is that's not who you really are. That's not how you see yourself as. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I can help, you know, elicit from him, what are ways that that wouldn't be even part of your reviews next year? On your, on your performance evaluations or when people are submitting, what are ways that you know that you can get on top of that where that never even happened again? That was even part of some of the, your evaluations. 
I just love this question. Um, because there's, 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 there's issues that we know of as a manager, as a supervisor, that we do need to bring to the forefront. We tend to traditionally get anxious about bringing them up or feel like we have to hold people accountable or feel like their performance expectations that are above our head that I have to pass down as middle management. Mm -hmm. And all of that is, feels like a contaminated process. As a middle manager, as a supervisor, what I need to do is look at those performance expectations and look at them through the lens of the vision, mission, and values of the organization. If I take them out of that and just hand them as a performance delivery expectation, then there's a chance that I'm going to feel awkward about having to do it and just say, you know, this is just what the business, this is what the company expects. You know, it's not me, but I got to hold you accountable. I got to hold your feet to the fire this, John. So just please step up and get it done. Yeah. It, it just creates a different organization. And the messaging of that is I don't really support upper management. I'm trying to support you, but I've got to hold you accountable at the same time. That's not the healthiest organization. It's not bad. It's very normal. The difference is with this performance expectation, John, about working with people in senior living, what we know is people that can work through their ambivalence and make a decision what works best for them, that that makes them feel better. And that's one of the reasons you want to come work for this organization is helping older adults make the best decision for themselves. So what are some things you can do to be able to reach out to more individuals and have more contact and feel like you're doing what you wanted to do in the first place? So this aligns with what my vision values are. It aligns with John's vision, mission values, and it aligns with the organization's vision, mission, and values as well, too. So if you use that as a lens, these are the ways that I think being able to do performance evaluations can be incredibly impactful. And again, the whole point of motivational interviewing is to set up sustained behavior change. If I take a compliance approach, I can almost guarantee if I take a compliance approach with John, I am going to have to monitor and micromanage John's behavior. John, I need to check in with you every week to make sure you're doing it. Submit a performance plan that I can actually track and see if you're going to follow through on the things we agreed with. You can almost predict that that's the path you're going to have to walk down. Whereas this way, you're going to get way more engagement from your, your employee, as well as they're going to be way more motivated intrinsically about I want to do this because I want to make this impact right because that's why I got into this field in the first place mm -hmm. well and that's just it is you're reorienting to internal motives on the person in, in front of you meaning it's different than a win-lose which is so much of expectation is that there's this hierarchy and there's a win-lose and that yes. perceived expectation as Carl Rogers taught us creates resistance and that creates the the pushback and the negative views of people in organizations, be it the line level of leadership or leadership of line level. Whereas really what's happening here is this win-win-win going on, is tapping into the internalness of the person in front of you, seeing if they have ambivalence, seeing what their beliefs are. And Casey, you kind of touched on it there at the very end, but even if they don't have ambivalence, if, they, if I had zero ambivalence about showing up late, or I genuinely believed that I'm doing my absolute best and they don't deserve that pay and blah, 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 whatever it is, right? And that, you know, because of this belief about drama in the office, whatever, I have zero ambivalence about it. You can still bring up like you did, reorient the person to their values, the mission and vision, and then the topic, giving them choice to go for it or not based off of who they want to be given this is the culture of the organization. And I think that is a, is a core thing, is even if they don't have ambivalence, you are kind of getting to it there, alluding to it, that you can still have choice involved based off of who they want to be, 
given this culture is about X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's, we can have a whole other podcast on how do you deal with really difficult people in a performance evaluation using motivational interviewing, but the question was how do you use MI in a performance evaluation? So I think what we're covering is really more the mainstream approach to it that can be really effective. Um, and then of course things can go sideways. What if somebody's underperforming? Like all those issues are completely different podcasts, but to go to the original question, this is the ways that what we're talking about here is this is what an MI based performance evaluation could look like, um, from that perspective. And to sum it up to your points, it's like any good basic coaching that, you know, Sue Ekmos and other people will speak to. It's what do you, you know, you, you started with values. What's this all about the why, and then what's strong, what's going well, what would you like to see improved, your perspective, and then some feedback about possible improvement pieces from there. Just that's the simple things you walk through in a very delicate, helpful way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it would make a big difference for the employee to, again, having a performance evaluation that leaned towards this direction versus the anxiety that most people feel, the nervousness, the feeling like they're doing something completely wrong. Um, again, this is a way to shed, shed light on a couple different topics that might need improvement, but really help them to build their own motivation to do a good job and to show up every day and excel. So that's really cool. Any other comments before we wrap up here? I'll just say that's the difference of like feeling like you got to go to the principal's office or talk with mom and dad or that feel, that feel is gross, icky, ugh. Whereas yeah. what you're talking about, Casey and Tammy, it's this sense of when someone talks with you in this way, you don't have that feel anymore. You have a feel of this is helpful. And this is, even though it might be some work, it's like, there's not that negative connotation. I think that can take away a lot of angst and a lot of negative emotion on your team from what I've seen. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you guys both for answering. And as always, thank you to our viewers for asking the questions. Um, we always aim to be the communication solution that's truly going to change your world. So feel free to send any questions our way. We'd be happy to answer them. You can email Tammy Calais, T-A-M-I dot C-A-L-A-I-S at ifioc.com and I will put them onto our podcast. Excellent. Right. Thanks for the questions. Yeah. Thank you guys so much and have a wonderful day.